Welcome to Paranormal The New Normal. I am your host as always, Jeremy, trying to make the world seem a little more normal, which these days is quite hard. But as always, I am joined tonight by my guest. She is a past life regressionist, as well as a psychic and medium. My guest tonight is Katish Haberfield. I said the name right, didn't I? <laughs> yep. Thanks, Jeremy. Hi. Thank you for having me today. Of course. So, the first question I always ask everybody, what got you into the paranormal spiritual world? What got you into it? Frustration. <laughs> uh, frustration uh, with the results I was seeing in my life in terms of career, to be honest with you. I have studied the conscious mind and the subconscious mind for a very long time. And I'm very diligent student. And I guess when you work with your own mind and learn about yourself and you are not receiving the results you wish to see in the world, then sometimes you think, well, there's got to be more than, there's got to be more than this. And for me, the more than this led to the spiritual world as I began to understand the eternal mind stream so that which is your consciousness that travels from lifetime to lifetime. And that got me into uh, studying my own past lives, going in and uh, understanding the Akashic records and having uh, regressions. At the same time, sort of very much opened up my interaction with the spirit world, understanding who my spirit guides were, who, um, who's been looking after me, who I could ask questions of. And concurrently, at the same time as that, I guess my psychic skills, uh, my intuitive skills really honed in and became a thing that was more than just gut feeling. And then that opened up my mediumship um, and I started to be able to communicate with uh, spirits whilst in past life regression sessions and then also to um, do two things, which is to uh, interact with what I call earthbound spirits, or you may call ghosts, um, and then also help people remove uh, earthbound spirits who have attached to people in the physical body here on earth. Hmm. Wow, a busy woman, that's for, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, all right, well, a few things to touch on there, but <laughs> we'll get to those questions eventually. The second, the second question I always ask is, have you had any experiences with anything paranormal, ghosts, spirits, any, anything out of this world, like anything like that? Absolutely. Completely. Uh, multiple experiences. I've had hundreds and hundreds of experiences with earthbound spirits. I communicate with uh, archangels on a daily basis, uh, spirit guides, animal spirit guides, and I have also helped clients uh, travel to starseed lifetimes through their eternal mind stream, so to travel to other planetary locations where they have had other lifetimes. Interesting. All right. Well, what would be the most, what was the most, to you, the most fascinating experience you had, I guess, would be the best way to put that question. Mm. 
Well, they're all fascinating. Each and every one is very fascinating. I guess um, everyone always wants to know, well, first question is, is there life after death? And once they've answered that question is, well, if there is life after death, have we lived somewhere else other than Earth? And it was sort of one that I was never really particularly super keen on answering, you know. I have never been obsessed with the paranormal world. But what I found while doing a past life regression, and it's probably my favorite uh, story to tell, is that I was just doing a general past life regression session for a client of mine, Isaiah. Now, uh, I have a podcast myself and I film and record all of my guests' past life regression sessions. So it's done on camera. And we were doing a past life regression for this particular client, Isaiah, um, and she went to uh, a, a planet called Mintaka. And I was like, what? And she started to talk me through this lifetime and my mind was blown. And I think that was the first of my, um, how do you say, it? first of my experiences realizing that yes, you know, everything that Dolores Cannon and other people talk about in terms of uh, past uh, lives on other planets is real. And I've actually, dedicated a whole season in my podcast, which is coming up shortly, showcasing all of the regressions where I take people to lifetimes on other planets. So that was a mind-blowing experience for me to see that <laughs> uh, I could actually be part of and uh, physically be involved in a session where the eternal mind stream takes us to another another location. Um, and yeah, you know, once you once you've actually participated in that, the whole, your whole life changes because, you know, there are people out there who, who uh, question the existence of interplanetary beings or whatever name you want to give them, UFOs and whatsoever. And I'm like, well, my clients are experiencing this in real time and I've watched, witnessed and been part of it. So I, for me, evermore, are like, of course there's, UFOs. Of course, there are beings on other planets. I have clients who openly show and tell me. So yeah, that's a, like a whole mindset shift. Like, and when your mind is able to grapple with that, and you're able to understand how we incarnate here and on other locations, you're also then willingly opening up your mind to understand uh, communicating with different. Um, beings from other dimensions as well as your archangels, spirit guides in animal human form and then also opening yourself up to communicating with um, ghosts. Wow. 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 Uh, that that right there was just so much. <laughs> and, and, to, and to open with that, I love it. I love it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we could talk for a long time. It's like, which part are you most fascinated about, really? I mean, I agree with everything you said. They're definitely anybody who doesn't believe in extraterrestrial life to me is just there's some block there. There's some mental mm -hmm. block that maybe they maybe an extraterrestrial put there. Who knows? But there's some mental block there. But, and it may not be the lifetime that they're meant to discover. True. True. So I guess I'll focus on uh what you mainly do right for at for first at least. Why do people want to know about the past lives? Mm. Why? Uh, generally, the same thing is reason why I wanted to 
know why frustration they're not achieving what they wanted to achieve in their career in their love life um, they feel perhaps blocked um, some people feel cursed some people have tried things in everyday life that just don't seem to add up um, uh, maybe it's physical weight they can't get rid of physical weight maybe it's uh, they seem to be stuck up in a cycle of attracting the same kind of person in a romantic relationship maybe they're having trouble in their um, family relationships and it seems to be going in they're aware enough to understand that all of the tools that they've been equipped with aren't helping them and so they come to me to say well I'm not sure whether I believe in this but I know that you've helped other people and let's just see let's just play and um, see what comes up and there's always a reason for any kind of feeling of stuckness or blockness um, that you're feeling in any part of your life and uh, so I help people specifically. They have to fill out a, a form which goes into detail. It's basically to get your conscious mind to just do a brain dump about what you're experiencing in your life. And those words that they write down are usually the key to something that is very specifically uh, becomes a limiting belief or has become a limiting belief or a value or a vow that they've made upon their deathbed in a previous lifetime. So that's typically what people come for, money problems, relationship problems, uh, physicality problems like gain, uh, something being uh, illness, um, uh, rash, you know, marks on their bodies, whatever it is. Um, yeah. All right, which I mean, I'm going to put it right out there. I'm a full believer in past lives. I'm a, I've heard enough stories, of, real stories of it that I can't help but believe it's real. Would that mean being also reincarnation is real, I think. At least to me, it has to be to some degree. Mm. If you take away, if you take away the religious side of it and any of the religious belief systems that support reincarnation, just look at it from an energy perspective. Yeah, energy can exactly. either be cannot be destroyed. So you, yeah. as a human being, when you cease using your physical body, have to go somewhere energetically. Yeah, and I. I use that right there all the time, the Albert Einstein quote, like, and that the reason he believed in ghosts, like, I love that. That's just something I use, that's something I say all the time. It's, and what is, I mean, well, not what is with, but all the stories I've heard of people who can remember past lives all of a sudden, they always have like deja vu feelings, like when they go to places, like they mm -hmm. go to a building and it brings back a memory from 70 years ago. Mm hmm. Why does that happen? Why, yeah, like why is that? Like why does that tend to happen? Yeah, several things. So, uh, buildings basically contain echoes, echoes from the past. So, any building that's had a major emotional event happen in it. So, around the world, we have lots of historical sites. For example, the the uh, emotion that is contained in the area stays within the area, which is why some areas feel different to other areas. You know, it's why haunted places feel haunted because uh, you've got an energy of something horrific that's happened or, you know, there's a lingering emotion that's attached. Emotion is an energy. You know, it, if it's not released, it manifests in our body as disease, uh, but it attaches to the walls of places. Um, so that's why we can feel dark energy. Um, and generally speaking, if you have a deja vu moment in a location, then you are going to be ready for the remembering and the healing that comes with it. So it's like your conscious mind stream 
is tapping into your eternal mind stream and saying, right, she's ready or he's ready now to deal with the fact that there contains a memory in this location which needs to be brought to the surface for healing. So this person is ready for the healing that this deja vu has triggered. And you may not be ready for many, many years to deal with that, but it's the start of a process. I believe the deja vu process is the start that goes, we're bringing to the conscious surface this memory from the past. When you're ready to deal with it, you can then go into and delve into what that memory means for you. Yeah, which I mean, a lot, a lot of times it just is a past memory that's really just trying to break through to you. And mm. all, all stories I've heard, like, those are epic memories, too. So that's oh, yeah. the big memories that will break through the easiest. Absolutely, I'm yes. Sure. What do you say to, like, a critic? Someone who, like, wants to say past lives are not real, like, reincarnation is not real, like, when you die, you're just dead. Like, what would you say? What do you say to those people? Right, to those people, I try to be very respectful because we're all on our own path. We're all on our own timeline and they believe what they believe because of who they are and what their experiences are. I'm not somebody who's here to convert or convince you of anything. I have enough experiences of my own and have helped people with their own that I am rock solid in my belief in past lives and reincarnation. If you don't believe, that's fine by me. That's okay. I think that we have to believe, we have to respect that people have different beliefs and allow them to have those belief systems. I hope that they're respectful enough to, if they are interested, to inquire and to hear maybe a story or two and be open-minded enough to actually consider that and sit with that. But if they're not, then it's not their time to be considerate of it and uh, if it's meant to be in their path in this lifetime I believe they will come back and be reminded of that conversation that we had 10 years time 20 years time 50 years time if not the next lifetime I like that I like that that's definitely the way to go people these days if you tell me to screw something they believe in it's the end of the world so I mean it's always a good thing. So when people have a past life regression, and I know there's also a therapy that exists that people have can go to for when they to deal with these. Is there a difference between just having a past life regression and like needing mm. to go to therapy or like not needing to go to therapy? So I do past life regression therapy, which means that we go to a past life. So anyone can go into a past life, right? Um, but uh, if you do just a past life regression, you're just going to visit that lifetime through your mind stream. You're remembering it, right? Like a movie or a series of pictures or postcards or whatever. The therapy comes in when you actually release the emotions that are associated and you do the work beforehand by writing out what the issues are that you'd like to, you're looking for the causative event. So you're not just saying, I would like to go see any past life. What you're saying is, I would like to find the root cause event of this particular thing or emotion that is happening currently for me. Let me go to the root cause event of that. And then that, then your mind stream is directed back to the most important causative lifetime event. And you go to the exact moment in time where the thing happened to you that made you believe or act or whatever it is in a certain way. And that 
that then can be traced through your eternal mind stream to now. And what happens is that when people see the scene, they replay it, they uh, release the emotion that's associated with it. And then what we do is the next piece of work, which makes it the, the therapy, is that we then reframe that moment in time by saying, we don't say that it didn't happen. We say, we investigate, we ask, we cross them over. So they, we take them to the last moment of that lifetime. So we see all the important things that happen in that lifetime that are causing the issue in their current life. Then we take them to the last day of their life and we say, I want you to see the last moment of your life without feeling any pain or fear or emotion. I want you to float up above your body and then I want you to follow the light. And then they follow the light and they'll see it however they see it, angels, a tunnel, a bridge. And then um, we hold them in a holding space uh, depending upon who it is, they'll see different things. And then we ask them to look back and do a life review. And they do a life review and that we, they will find out what was the purpose of this incarnation? What was I here to experience or to learn? Um, and I ask them specific questions. What limiting beliefs or vows or emotions do you have to release today from this lifetime? And then we specifically write down the words of their limiting beliefs. Then I reframe that into a positive. Um, and then I ask them, zero to 100%, what percentage of this belief are you ready to release now? So they have to confirm it. It has to be a full body confirmation. So they might get 30%. They might get 70%. They might get 95%. And the percentage towards 100 tells me how many more lifetimes we've got to go visit to release the other components of that. And so once they have finished that lifetime, we then ask the eternal mind stream to go back to, well, we ask, first of all, does this client uh, have the mental and emotional space to do another lifetime today? Um, or do they need healing? Um, and if they need healing, then I take them to the Life Between Lives where um, Archangel Raphael, Michael, Zadkiel and any of the archangels will then do healing for me, uh, which can be quite quick or quite time intensive and then we will ask the eternal mind stream to then escort them back to another lifetime that is the next causative event that's associated with the issue they're having in their in their um, mind but so what we do is is a series of very specific and strategic lifetimes to access these root causative events to re to find out what the limiting beliefs and vows were then to release them reframe gain healing so that's the therapy part of it sounds intense it is very intense. It's it's fun, but it's really intense. Yeah, it's very yeah. energetically um, uh, for me. It's very energetically energetically intense work to hold the space for that. Yeah, it sounds very draining. Like you come out of it probably barely able to stand. Like yeah, I have had times where I've got up and fallen over. Yeah, you've got to be careful. Got up. Uh, I always have to rest afterwards. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I had a guest on a. I think it was last week and he was talking about like sound therapy, basically how you could put on headphones. And if you play certain sounds, like your brain will just interact and send out whatever signals you need to send out, whether you need some excitement or whether you need to calm down, like some serotonin or I, I can't think of the other one for life right now. Dopa but, dopamine. Yeah. Oxytocin. Yep. Yeah. Dop dopamine. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can sound therapy be used for past life regressions or? Yeah, so traditionally you can see I've got a lot of singing bowls here. I've got three singing bowls. I started off as a sound therapist and uh, I was doing um, 
shamanic style journeys. So soul retrievals and uh, sound healings for women with womb, emotions stuck in the womb. And uh, sound therapy is beautiful, beautiful for um, releasing energy from the body and the mind and also for grounding and calming. So I highly recommend any form of sound therapy that you can do. And generally speaking, uh, I have in the past two years used the crystal singing bowls to take people into the hypnotic state and then um, into the past life regression. However, I'm finding more and more that um, that takes quite a long time and I'll use it for people who are very nervous and uh, have never done a past life regression before. People who um, have done past life regressions of any sort before or meditate a, a large amount, I can just use my voice and take them in through hypnosis and it's a faster process. Whereas when I use the singing bowls, it's usually for people with intense emotions that need intense calming to get them really deep into the trance state, to, to into hypnosis to, to get them ready. Because otherwise, if, you, if you've got somebody who's nervous about a session, uh, their conscious mind is going to keep blocking them. They're not going to be able to get into a deep enough relaxed state. So uh, I have his, uh, historically used the singing bowls as a tool to aid and help and calm people before a session. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just again, it sounds so intense. <laughs> like, it just, I mean, I, I was supposed to have one done a few weeks ago with the other person I interviewed, but she had an emergency and couldn't do it that day, and we haven't rescheduled yet, but I was looking forward to it. But it did sound, the way she described it and told me what to prepare for, it did sound very intense. Which It, it is intense, but um, it's intensely freeing and liberating as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly, I, that's why I wanted to do it, like, mm. to find out, like, more about, like, who I was before, so I could figure out why I am the way I am today would be, like, very enlightening to me i would believe it is enlightening yep so you said you're also a psychic and medium hmm. so you you can see into other people's heads a little bit without doing a past life regression correct mm, i don't i use my psychic and mediumship skills totally different um so I have offered sessions in the past where I do spiritual, I have done spiritual business mediumship sessions uh, where somebody who's a spiritual entrepreneur, maybe they're a healer or, you know, they do tarot cards or oracle cards or Reiki or something is having trouble in their business and they need some uh, advice. The mediumship part of that is that I have done sessions where I have offered to bring in from the other side spirits who wish to be spirit guides for them in the in their business. So I uh, connect with the spirit, uh, explain how they know them. Usually it's from a past life or they've never been incarnated as a human being. I introduce them. I give the evidence and tell them what they need to know. I tell them the spiritual business advice. And then I tell them how the spirit wishes to connect with them in the future to be a spiritual business guide for them. However, uh, it's not how I use my mediumship skills on a day-to-day -day basis. The way that I use my mediumship skills on a day-to-day -day basis is communicating with earthbound spirits and communicating with the spirits that are attached to a client that needs releasing. So an earthbound spirit will be um, that uh, <laughs> because I have a very specific soul contract in relation to uh, earthbound spirits, um, I can think a thought and I will have a, an earthbound spirit come to me from anywhere in time and um, location uh bc or ad 
who will come to me for crossing over, or I could simply go to a, a cemetery where I've been directed by my spirit guide, uh, one of my spirit guides, Harry, um, to go and he will tell me there's a child aged eight in this particular cemetery that needs crossing over and I will go to the cemetery. My mediumship skills are then um, used because I will um, use a combination of the cemetery location markers, uh, the name that I get and the energy to find the grave site of the particular um, human being who is stuck in the astral realm. And then I will use my mediumship skills to communicate with that spirit. I can't see them, but I can hear them and feel them. Um, and so I will have a conversation with that spirit and we will talk about the fact that I know that they're dead. I will find out uh, uh, what happened to them and any of their reservations about crossing over. Mostly they're stuck there because they're ashamed or they have guilt uh, or they're waiting for somebody to come visit or they're afraid of hell. And if they, uh, if after a conversation with me, they can see the benefits of crossing over, then they will cross over. Um, so I call in a team of angels and uh, the angels take them to the afterlife. They receive healing, they receive a life review and they understand what their um, what the point of their life was and why they became an earthbound spirit. I can't guarantee that it's going to happen though because some spirits will argue with me and they will tell me that they're undecided and they don't wish to cross over and there's nothing that I can do uh, because uh, we have free will. It's a universal concept of free will and so um, I have learnt to realise that um, I don't need to be a Mother Teresa. I can have a discussion with these spirits and walk away if they're not ready, their time's not ready. So it's quite difficult to do that because I obviously want them to receive healing. But so my mediumship skills are used in that component in terms of speaking with the earthbound spirits. All right. Which that's, that, I mean, that sounds like you've probably had some adventures doing that, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> some some spirits who were probably not so nice and kind of snarky yeah i've i've um i've recently crossed over to two uh three spirits uh not far away from where i live who in their mortal human lives were, were satanic practitioners and they were creepy to cross over you know and they were trying to intimidate me at the time of me encountering them um but you know, if you stand your stand your ground, and uh, in those cases, those souls, generally speaking, have got um, to do some forgiveness work. So I can't even say it, but I usually do the like the Ho'oponopono prayer beforehand for them on their behalf to help free up the energy. And once they forgive themselves, they're more likely to then uh, cross over. Ooh. Okay, that was a good one. That was yeah. good. That was a good one. But so I can sense the energy, and so yeah, like uh, I can feel when I walk past a place, I'll be like, oh. Um, so, example, the other day, um, there's a really rundown house at the bottom of my street, and I've always not liked walking past it. Um, and I've been doing a little bit of an experiment. I've been using some paranormal apps to pair with my mediumship to kind of. Um, 
because I do um, am in the process of um, writing a book about it and I'm up, uploading things to my YouTube channel. I, I'm trying to put together some videos which show my mediumship skills with using paranormal apps to record and show you what a ghost looks like on a paranormal app, what they're saying and then what I'm hearing, pair it together, get the story. And then I'm working with a medium, not myself, but another medium afterwards, after they've crossed over and invite them back to do an interview. And so we're producing a book with that. That is interesting. That yes. is. So wow. yeah, that's what we're that's what we're doing is the whole process so that you can see, you know, as a medium, I can hear in my head, but it's not very useful for you, is it? You have to have a level of trust in me and uh, believe in my skills to say that I didn't make that story up. So what I what I was doing was then looking for the whole way this came about was that I would happen to be on Zoom and I started to get when I was transcribing things, noticed that when I magnified the sound, I could hear spirits who had come into the room trying to look for the light to cross over when I was talking to them. And they were actually uh, telling me their name and where they're from and that they're looking for the light and it was caught on Zoom. And so uh, I couldn't always replicate that. And so I then was looking for a paranormal app to try different approaches to hear in real time for the purposes of other people believing me that the that ghosts actually do exist and for the purposes of, of um, education in terms of uh, teaching people how to communicate with uh, ghosts in a be beneficial manner so that uh, everyone can get interesting outcomes. Those ghosts who choose not to cross over and choose to hang around and haunt locations and be part of the active haunting scene you can have a better conversation with them and those that are haunted and don't wish to be hunted that uh, paranormal enthusiasts can help them cross over. Yeah. I mean, I've actually talked to uh, a couple of people that help spirits cross over and like, I mean, it's funny how everybody like says the same exact stuff, just sometimes in different ways, but the same mm. exact thing basically it's interesting as it could be. And it just proves that's real to me because if that may be, if there people in agreement and it's multiple different points of views, then it's a whole nother thing. Like, that's right. Yeah. Can't deny that people can't deny that. Mm. But so during your sessions, do people ever just have trouble seeing anything? Like I, I could, like that was kind of thing I was worried about when I was going to do it. Is like, what if I don't see anything? Like, what if nothing comes to me? Like, it's just like sitting here doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, a skilled practitioner will help you go through that process. Uh, it is your conscious mind that's blocking you. So we can actually talk to your um, subconscious mind and ask for assistance. The more meditation that you do prior to the session uh, and the more relaxed you can turn up to the session, the better outcome there is going to be. Um, a past life regression therapist will be trained in hypnosis. So they will be able to get you into the hypnotic state. I guess the expectations is what is going to make the process enjoyable or not enjoyable for you. If you expect to see a, you know, 4K quality movie experience, then you're going to let yourself down. Um, imagine the best way that I can explain for the average person to experience a past life regression is when you're 
when you're sitting down having a cup of coffee and something to eat and you remember a moment that makes you laugh or, you know, something comes flooding back in your mind, that's a memory, right? It's the same thing for a past life regression. It's going to be that however you recall or feel the sensations of a memory when you're daydreaming and you remember something that happened in the past, that's how you're going to visualize it during a past life regression. So it's going to equivalent be equivalent. You're not leaving your body and feeling like a, you're totally out of control. It's exactly the same as when you're reliving a memory. And so the difference is that um, you're aware that you're in the room, you're aware that you are having a conversation, but you are really invested in this other time that feels completely real for you. And the kicker is you may think that I don't know if I'm making this up or whether it's my imagination. The thing is you have to allow yourself to say it doesn't matter if it's an imagination there's a story that, that needs to come out here that can be a parable or you know there's something that comes out um the the thing for me that convinces people is when they experience emotion in the session so when you're guided to a causative event you're always going to experience emotion now that emotion may be fear it may be anger it may be sadness grief um and you will start crying or start getting angry or start feeling afraid. Um, and there's no logical reason why you in this time space here right now in your current life is feeling that emotion. And when you feel the emotion and you've got tears coming down your down your face or whatever it is, then you understand the power of the eternal mind stream because you're accessing an emotion that is yours, but it's yours of another time. And that's when you know it's it's undeniable for you. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm still curious to what the hell's going to come up. But I guess, well, people always like the old the old adage of like, oh, in my past life, I was king of Spain or something like that. Like people like to think, always used to like think of these grandiose things that could have been in past lives. How often does that actually happen? Mm, for me, a lot. Yep. Uh, it depends upon the kind of clients you have because you're attracted as the soul group right soul groups yeah. tend to travel together we podcast interview each other we end up as each other's clients you know there's no mistake as to why i will be interviewed by somebody and not another person there's there's some kind of a uh, eternal string that brings you and i together or, or clients together um if we think about reincarnation and the number of lives that we have led depending upon the age of our soul, we will have been everything. You know, the Buddhists talk about this. We have been everything and everyone. It's how their, their, their whole um, principles of compassion are taught in that, you know, how everyone's been a king or a queen or a, a servant or, a, you know, whatever it is. We've all had the lifetimes, innumerable lifetimes. We've all been somebody's parent, somebody's father, somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's daughter. Um so it's only the ego that attaches the importance to the, it will, I've been a king. The point is not whether you've been a king or a queen, because if you want to, let's say you had 100,000 past time, lifetimes already, it's going to be king in there somewhere, isn't there? There's been so many kings in so many different locations over all time space. The question is, what happened to you in that lifetime that makes that lifetime relevant for you now? What lesson does it have to teach you? what part of your personality um, is explained by that lifetime? Is that still serving you in this lifetime or is it 
do you need to release that and say, hey, that was the me of then when I was king. I'm Jeremy now. That part of my personality no longer serves me. Let's release that. Makes sense. But what if someone has like a, what if someone thinks they were like horrible in a previous life? They think they were like an abomination of a person like mm -hmm. Hitler or something like that. Like, yeah, is, sure. there a way, is, is there a way to tell the difference between like good and bad past lives when you're trying to find one for them? Like, so you can avoid the bad ones or are people supposed to see the bad ones? They will stay us. Your soul will only let you see what is necessary for you to see that is ready to be healed. Yeah. So you will not be taken to a past life that you cannot or are not willing to, to deal with right now. Um, if you have a horrible um, past life and you experience it, it's because we have to have balancing, balancing lifetimes. You know, uh, one of the things that we found in, in all the sessions that I've done and that I have available for people to watch on YouTube and on my podcast is that people will experience terrible things in um, a past life because they it's a whole concept of karma they have been on the other side and to learn they need to be be on the opposite end you know you may be somebody let's talk about relationships who has many wives and many mistresses in one lifetime maybe 300 lifetimes later you're going to be the person who has uh, a husband who has many affairs why because it balances it out and you learn the lessons from both sides so if we talk about good and bad, we're really being too black and white. There's no good and bad lifetime. They all serve a lesson. And if you're talking about the classic case of Hitler or somebody who has had uh, a catastrophic um, impact on the earth, you'll find that those people are not who we think they are. Um, if you go to Channeling Eric, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube channel Channeling Eric, Channeling Eric does a uh, has a mediumship discussion with Eric, who's a little boy, and a little boy. He was a teenager, or maybe in his twenties when he committed suicide. Um, he uh, crossed over and contacted his mum, and his mum was a doctor, and she now runs a channel where she hires mediums, and with they connect to Eric, and Eric brings in a spirit from the other side. So they did a classic one when they interviewed Hitler's uh, spirit. And that was an eye-opening interview for me to listen to. And it's been confirmed by many, many people that I've listened to um, and also in my discussions with Archangel Michael and some of the, the archangels that uh, people who agree to do very difficult and hard, what we call dense energy lifetimes, um, they're here for a specific lesson that humanity needs to learn. And it's a lesson that we people here on Earth are not getting so we are sent um, an angel of compassion to teach us a lesson about how Earth never needs to do this again. And as the citizens of Earth, how we learn from that lessons will determine whether we keep creating this over and over and over again. So you'll find that um, these so-called terrible characters actually have a very, very specific spiritual role to play in the development of humanity. It doesn't excuse the behaviour, uh, but it is a, a contract. Generally speaking, it's a contract is what I found. They're here to, to help humanity with something that we, is terrible that we need to move past. Which makes sense in a 
almost a sad way, I guess, since we had to go yeah. through stuff like that to experience it. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. it makes it makes it makes logical sense that that would have to happen. Yeah, it's so, it's it's a huge thing for that soul to take on that too. Imagine imagine having the discussion. All right, you're gonna go. You're gonna reincarnate as this dude named Hitler. All right, could you imagine that the the amount of fear that that soul would would uh, feel going into that? Sure. <laughs> If you don't mind me asking, what was the, what was the most interesting uh, past life? Like what what age period was it in? Like what was most fascinating when you had? Of myself you, or, or oh, well, yourself, I guess, or anybody you have done have had therapy with, or done progression. Um, oh, so many, so many um, interesting ones. Uh, I'll just go on mine because uh, uh, uh it's more personal. I, I th and it ties into the deja vu concept. Um, one of the ones that I have recorded that you can see on YouTube of me is um, I go into a past life based in um, what we now call Westminster Abbey. And um, it was triggered from a moment of deja vu from visiting when I was a teen uh, in my early 20s. And um, going to the um, going to see all the sites and going to the Tower of London and going to the Abbey and thinking, oh, I've been here before, not knowing why, and then not dealing with it ever again. And then um, my specific intention for the session, not knowing that that was going to come up, uh, was I said. I believe and I've been told by coaches that I am self-sabotaging my uh, personal life, yeah, specific, specifically my um, business life. And I can't find a conscious thing that I'm doing. I have followed everything that I've been taught. I've studied the mind. I'm really very, very uh, good student in understanding thoughts and how they create your reality. You know, I've done everything. Um, and there's something there that's blocking me that's to do with uh, self-sabotage or self-punishment. And so we took that as the intention and we asked to be taken to the lifetime where I learned to do this. So in what lifetime did I learn that self-punishment was appropriate and how did it happen? And I, this was quite a horrifying past life reveal for me because um, in, in a lot of the past lives that I've had, you know, to, to do great spiritual work in this lifetime, you've got to have experienced pretty intense negative dark, dark lifetimes. Uh, I've had a lot of lifetimes in uh, religious communities. So this one was as a monk in Westminster Abbey in the area that is downstairs, which is the only part of the Abbey that um, is the historical stuff. If you watched any of the footage from the Queen's funeral, you would have seen they entered in there just before the Queen's funeral. Um, and uh, I specifically remember going in and down into this, this area and um, – I, I was shown the lifetime where I was a monk. I had been abandoned at birth and given up to the monks, uh, which was my parents believed that was the best thing to do. They were told that, you know, the children would be looked after, fled, clothed, brought up as monks. Um, and uh, I was not looked after in a nice manner at all. Um, and I had to beg for food. 
I wasn't educated or treated the way I was. I had very specific spiritual knowledge and I just did not believe what the monks were teaching me in terms of doctrine. Um, and the monks at that time were very big. If, um, you know, you've seen Da Vinci Code, um, you know, the monk that has the the garter with the prods in yeah. and he self-flagellates. Yeah, well, at that time, um, because you were considered sinful, and born in sin and as of sin, you needed to self-punish in order to purify. And if you're abandoned at birth, therefore you are the lowest of the low. Um, and uh, I had distinct memories of of um, the wounds from the, the corporal punishment because I refused to do it because um, I knew it was not in God's will. And they said, well, if you don't do it, we'll do it for you. And so I have memories of the exact room, which I can show it's a circular room and I cannot walk walk into a circular room without feeling like I'm going to pass out uh, where the weekly punishment was done in the name of God. Um, and in the end, I got sick of them doing it. So I learned to do it myself. And so that was a, a, actually a pretty horrific lifetime to reveal, but also fairly unique. You know, it's not going to be your experience. Um but that helped me release and understand that I learnt from others that um, I was not worthy and that I should punish myself before others punished me. And so I was able to release that. So that was really pivotal. It was one of my very first um, past life regressions. It was very pivotal in understanding the concept of a dense lifetime and concept of um, how that can impact you at a at a level that you're not even aware of um, and how you can trust your own spiritual knowledge and wisdom because I was very definite about knowing all the way back then uh, what I believed in terms of the truth of what the message from God was versus what the church was preaching. So uh, I lean on those past life regressions. Sure, they took me a while to get over. Don't worry, I'm human. But I lean on them in terms of uh, trusting my intuition and trusting the knowledge where something doesn't resonate with me, I'll know that there's there's a reason why it doesn't resonate with me and to follow my truth because I've had the lifetimes where I didn't follow my truth and my path and I didn't follow my spiritual knowledge and I suffered as a consequence. Wow. But or that's not the average person's experience, you know. You know, sure. I wouldn't be sure. doing. I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if if I didn't have some pretty interesting lead up lifetimes to be comfortable to lead this for other people. You know, I had to get a lot of spiritual learning in the last two years um, and clear it to be able to be comfortable enough to um, do what I do and come on podcasts and say, "Hey, you know, dude, I speak to ghosts, <laughs> and and uh, I can take you back to lifetimes." Like, it takes courage to th do that, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's intense. Once again, it's intense, and it was it was. I mean, it was sad. Obviously, it was just sad. I mean, I'm I'm over here almost tearing up hearing it. But <laughs> yeah, not nice. It wasn't life. To, was not nice to relive either. But you know, um, it explains why you know why I had experiences with the church that I did. You know, uh, growing up, uh, I grew up in a family that didn't go to church. But my parents uh, dropped me off at church and said, there you go, we'll let you go to church until you decide that you've had enough. And I enjoyed going to church and I liked singing the songs about Jesus and going to camp. But it got to about the eight, age of eight where I said to Dad, I'd had enough. And he's like, radio. 
and uh, I didn't go to church anymore. And uh, uh, it's interesting to look back at that lifetime and see how, you know, there would be elements of going to church that I would have liked. And I've always been fascinated and uh, enthralled by stained glass windows. I've always looked for the light that comes into churches. Um, and, you know, there are elements of that that are the beauty appreciation from from those times. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense because I mean, I it makes sense to me because I mean, I was brought up religious and it, it took me a long time to get over like like not liking religion because mm. of course when you're brought up religious so you have to rebel at some point and like start questioning everything. So it's just one of those things where. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm a parent as well. It's okay. <laughs> my co my co-host here, but. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, and I didn't, I never could get back into religion fully until like recently when I started like talking to people like yourself, psychic mediums, like anybody in the spiritual world. And basically at that point, it's just like I started feeling these things in my head that I couldn't explain. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I I think it's signs. I don't, someone's trying to show me something, I think, but I can't figure out who yet. But yeah, sure. I'm not yeah. sure. But. So you said you work with star seeds, which mm. I, I kind of want to finish off the show by talking about that. Stop it. But star seeds are I've had a, I've had a star seed on here before and a star seed coach before, so I know a little bit about them. But and I I understand how past lives have a lot to do with being a star seed too because it's they keep coming back and back until they get to their final life that they had to live. But. What kind of work do you do them specifically, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, sure. So um, a lot of people will, you know, do the online questionnaires and things like that where they think, are you a starseed, you know, um, and they'll fill it out or they'll suddenly start following a whole bunch of people on Instagram who are starseeds and they're, they're just curious. Um, some people will have an intense feeling of um, loneliness they don't feel like they fit in. Uh, some people will have a great affinity to water, for example. Um, they'll have some kind of uh, inexplicable emotion or um, appreciation for something that they wanna they wanna understand. And all we do simply is to ask the eternal mind stream to show them something that they wish to know. Um, a lot of it's healers and they want to know uh, where their healing ability came from uh, or they're interested in light language, which is the language of the soul. It's, it's um, expressed through hand movements, spoken sounds and then written um, symbols. They may have been watching people on um, YouTube do light language activations and they want to know um, what is their history why are they attracted to these videos um, and what healing abilities or special spiritual abilities that they might have that they um, aren't aware of that need to come through. And so we take them back to those lifetimes and we speak to them as the particular um, being that they were 
We ask them to show them the lifetime on the planet. We check, you know, how they looked physically, whether they have eyes, ears, nose, you know, how they breathe, whether they are uh, masculine or feminine or identify as androgynous beings, uh, what the colour of the light is, um, whether it's a known planet to, to humankind at the moment. Uh, we also check um, whether it was a mission-based lifetime or an emotion-based lifetime. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll yeah, no, you're right. Um, and we ask basically what the purpose of that lifetime on that planet is. And then we ask them, is there anything that this persona, this avatar, this them of that time would like to communicate to them. So the mediumship comes in there where they then, the them of that other lifetime talks to them of this lifetime and gives them a message about something that they need to know. Um, and then usually they'll give them a healing or a light language activation. And um, then they can, from that point onwards, um, bring forward the abilities that they had on other planets and communicate you know, like a spirit guide kind of a form between themselves of the current time and the them of that time um, so that they can um, receive wisdom directly. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, that, I mean, that lines up with what I've heard about starseeds in the past too, but it's just, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I think, I, I think my wife is one personally, but I, 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 I tried talking to her one time. I'm talking to her coach. I mean, like, I think you are one. Everything she described is you, but like she's just like, eh, if, if it is, it is. I mean, she said, yeah, it's and it, it's um, it's something that you're not going to believe until you watch or listen to a video or you have a personal experience. So that's why I decided to do that that season on the podcast. And I'm just ed editing the transcripts, uh, getting the transcripts ready to upload them now for this next season. I've got like eight or ten client case studies I think it is to show people and they can actually watch along as we do this regression see what happens listen to it um, and uh, then you can determine whether you believe it yourself which makes sense I mean everything you want to do with this type of stuff yes it's a lot of like me work you have to really like get yourself in that right mind state like that right charging attitude basically to take all this stuff head on Mm, Which, for sure. What would you should? What would be your? What would be like the thing you recommend to everybody? Like your final words, almost like that. Your final words of recommendation to anybody that if you want to convince them that they should look into this. Well, first of all, you have to decide whether it resonates for you. Did you find this this discussion interesting or boring? If you found it interesting, there might be something there for you. Listen into your own intuition. Um, watch out for the signs you know are you starting to see certain articles on things are you starting to see you know videos on sort of things um are you curious i always recommend to people that follow your curiosity and learn that your intuition is here to guide you to heal and help yourself because essentially everything that i've talked about today is about using yourself as the greatest healing tool that you have as the greatest coach that you have the whole point of of any of the regression therapies that I use um, or healing methods or any of the sessions is for you to get to know you better so that you know innately the wisdom of you and why you are the way you are and how to help yourself 
so that you're not paying mega bucks to coaches and things like that to tell you something. It's you learn to trust yourself, you work with yourself, you become more of yourself and you just remove the limitations to relying on external people or sources. You become your number one trusted source of um, knowledge, inspiration and guidance. Very well put. And I hope a lot of people take that to heart right there. I do. But where can they find out more about you if they want to contact you to possibly have work done themselves? Sure. They can just go to my website, which is my name, K-A-T-I-S-C-H-E.com, Katish.com. On there, I've got all my links to my social media, including the YouTube with all the videos uh, and my podcast that they can listen to. But I have an application form. They can fill it out. And, um, yeah, that's me. Just my website is the main and best place. Sounds sounds good. People go there, try to find her, and I'll try to put all that in the in the description as well, because that's why I always try to do that for my guest. Thank you. As you as you all know, where you can find me, Facebook, just search Paranormal Normal, YouTube, same thing, and Twitter. You should be able to search and find too. Same as Instagram. I want to thank my guest for being on today. Thank you for having me. I'm not going to even try to pronounce the name again because I don't mess up. But <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Kitchy. Katish. 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 See, I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. That's <laughs> all right. But thank you for being on, and thank you to all my listeners and all my watchers. I will see you all in about half a week. <laughs>